What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime on this Tuesday night. The Dallas Cowboys held their opening press conference this morning and got into what's ahead of the Cowboys for the 2022 NFL season. So we'll break it down. We'll talk about what Jerry and Stephen Jones had to say. We'll talk about the little that Mike McCarthy had to say, because in McCarthy's own words, and this is always hilarious to me. Mike McCarthy literally just said into the microphone and to the press, this is Jerry's press conference. When for most teams out there, it's usually about the head coach, what the plan is. But you guys know how the Dallas Cowboys operate. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are running the show. So it was fun to, to get those three in the podium again, even if it causes frustration among the fan base, but at least it gives us stuff to talk about and one of the biggest questions or statements that was thrown out there was that the Cowboys were in a quote-unquote better shape at this point that they were last year so we'll dive into that whether it makes sense or not and why surprisingly it looks like Vegas New Jersey and I mentioned these states now because they actually bring me more money than Nevada does at this point but you know Vegas agrees Vegas agrees that the Cowboys are in a better position to make it happen uh, than they were last year. So that might be a surprise. But before we get into any of that, drop one emoji for me in the chat uh, to define how you're feeling about training camp kicking off. Drop that emoji. I am excited myself. I cannot wait. We'll also get into the Cowboys' plan for the unused cap space that they've got, close to $20 million as you probably already know and then towards the end of the show we'll talk about Cole Beasley because he put out an interesting tweet on why he would want to come back to Dallas or why he would consider playing once more for the Dallas Cowboys and, and how it all became a conversation so let's see some of your emojis here really quickly uh, let's see uh, just a quick question that caught my eye over there at Facebook. Lauren Michael bringing up a, a question saying, if Sam Williams weighs more than Oza, Odisua, why cannot, can he play defensive tackle? I don't know if Sam Williams can't play defensive tackle. When he was at Ole Miss, he played as defensive end, even if he was shaded a little bit towards the inside of offensive tackles. So I'm not saying he cannot play defensive tackle. It just seems like his biggest strengths and attributes and traits, to be more specific, his explosiveness right out of his stance, the power that he's able to generate thanks to that explosiveness and speed, I would say would make him a better edge rusher if you're projecting his future. I don't know how he would do as a defensive tackle. Now, there's... A heck of a lot more to playing defensive tackle than just weight. Uh, there is, you know, you need power, you need anchors, uh, you need to have a solid, solid play strength to be able to eat up those pace and those gaps. So there's definitely a lot more to it than than weight. But I would say that the better version of, you know, of uh, of Sam Williams would be an edge rusher. Plus, Professor O says Oza weighs more anyways so I didn't expect that one uh let's see 
let's see your emojis here. Toxic thumb just goes with the with the finger emoji. Uh, Antoine with the eyes. Samuel Rowe with the cat boy emojis. <laughs> Tommy with the thinking emoji. Professor, oh, this is more like it. This is more like what I was thinking about when I said drop one emoji to describe how you're feeling. I, I am so excited, so I would go with the cheers emoji as well. Theodore with the, you know, the praying hands and the blue heart. That's more like it. Bruce got these with the simple football. Hey, hey, I am excited. I am excited about this. Toxic Tom says, Mo, it's grounding. Can already tell you this season is going to disappoint. Groundhog Day is what Toxic Tom meant right there. So, hey, it is the typical press conference in which coaches and front office executives open up things by saying, oh, yeah, we're in a better spot than we were last year. We're excited about getting back to work with all of these guys. So, it's the same old, same old, but at the same time, you can pick up certain interesting and noteworthy talking points to get into. And one of them tonight was the fact that Jerry Jones mentioned that the Dallas Cowboys, and we can talk about Mike McCarthy's job security, which is probably the biggest takeaway out of this whole press conference. Actually, I will preface this conversation with that. Jerry Jones opened things up without being asked by assuring the press that Mike McCarthy's job is safe. And it was funny as hell because Jerry Jones straight up said, Mike McCarthy is sitting here because that's the guy that I think that can get the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. And then seconds later, he added, but I have options. And shout out to Cowboys Stats, who I want to bring on the show, by the way. I, I need to bring Cowboys Stats to the show, but... <laughs> But he tweeted out this sarcastically. He said, honey, I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't think you were the one I want to be with today and for the foreseeable future. And I have choices. I want to be real clear about that. Now, Jerry Jones actually said, I want to be real clear about that. So just your typical awkward interaction between Jerry Jones and his head coach. Nothing new to that. Uh, shout out to Lori, who is watching the show as a Steelers fan, so representing some Pittsburgh fans out there. Gilbert says, Jerry Jones is getting ready for 2023. He doesn't care about 2022. I think Sean Payton will be the coach 2023. I don't know about Sean Payton being the coach next season, but I do know that Mike McCarthy's job is not that safe. Mike McCarthy might be on one of the hottest seats in the entire NFL right now. So, he did say that he was asked about a contract extension. Now, for some context, in 2020, Mike McCarthy was signed to a five-year deal, and Jerry Jones was very poignant about the fact that there was no contract extension, and he left it at that. McCarthy jokingly intervened and said, Thank you for pushing for that one, though. But it doesn't seem like McCarthy is close to a contract extension. It doesn't seem like his job security is actually that high right now. But we, we, we knew that Jerry Jones would open things up by having added after an offseason full of talk by media, by fans about where things stand for the Dallas Cowboys, about the entire comments. Uh, 
debacle that we saw early in the offseason when Jerry Jones was out there saying that Dan Quinn wanted to be the Cowboys head coach or, or, you know, all of that that caused a lot of controversy. But it all led to Jerry Jones saying that the Cowboys are in a better spot than they were last year. And the question for you is that simple. Do you believe that the Cowboys are in a better spot, in the worst spot, or in the same spot than they were last year? Troy Hughes from 105.3 The Fan was pretty quick to pointing out that at least according to the sports books, to the Sharps, whatever, however you want to call them, the Cowboys are indeed in a better position, at least if you are going to buy betting odds. Do you agree with that or not? And if you look at numbers, and this is from Troy Hughes according to BetMGM, the Cowboys were last season at plus 2,500 to take that Lombardi Trophy home. This time around, they are at plus 1,600. So if you're going by betting odds, the 2022 Dallas Cowboys in July, late in July, are more likely to win the Super Bowl than the 2021 Cowboys were in late July. I was surprised by that a little bit, not that much, because we've been following the betting odds for a while now. Let's see some of your comments. Toxic Tom says worse. They make same mistakes over and over again. Joey Bella says that he agrees with the sports books. Gilbert also agrees with the sports books. Too Real says worse. Charlene Evans says worse. Let's see here. Let's see. Gregory better as far as the team, but the ownership is the same. Ryan says Jerry Jones doing his selling pitch to the fans every year. And we'll talk more about that selling pitch and how they are straight up attempting to act as if we had forgotten about the contract proposal that they handed to Randy Gregory. We'll talk more about that in a moment here. Listen, the Cowboys might be indeed in a better shape. The thing is, and as I try to break it down in my head, and as I try to realize what could lead to the Cowboys having better odds to win the Super Bowl when they lost Amari Cooper at wideout, when they lost Lyle Collins at right tackle, and even Connor Williams, who was a starter, even if Cowboys Nation didn't fully like him as a starter, we knew that he could provide average play at left guard, even with the penalties. So there were some key losses for Dallas last season, this offseason. So as I try to make sense out of it, last year, late in July, we didn't have a clue that the Cowboys were going to bounce back on defense the way that they did. Forget about bouncing back. That wasn't a bounce back, honestly. Honestly, that was something entirely new for the Dallas Cowboys if we're going by recent memory. We didn't know that. We didn't know that Mike, Micah Parsons was going to be a legit candidate for not defensive rookie of the year because we knew that, but we didn't know that he was going to get five votes for defensive player of the year. We didn't know that Trevon Diggs was going to break out the way that he did and as he racked up 11 interceptions. We didn't know that the Cowboys were going to be the third most efficient defense in the league. So if you look at it that way, it might make sense for the Cowboys to be considered more likely to win it all 
since now they have some support on the other side of the football. However, if you are counting on the Cowboys to get better than they were last year, and maybe, you know, talking about what they actually were instead of the late Eli expectations, it's all about coaches and players already on the team improving. Because the Cowboys lost talent, took a step backwards, and I know about the Lala Collins reports, and I know about, you know, the Cowboys' comments and Amari Cooper's availability. But the fact is, they lost quality players, and they took a step back roster-wise. So if you are banking on an improved version of the Dallas Cowboys this season, you are counting on Kellen Moore figuring things out, you're counting on Mike McCarthy managing the clock better. You're talking about Dak Prescott stepping up and elevating one of the lesser supporting cast that he has had in his career so far. You're counting on all of that. You're not counting on Terrence Steele being significantly better than Lyle Collins was last season. You're probably, even if we are excited about Tyler Smith's potential, but you're not counting on him being one of the finest guards in the NFL this season. You're counting on him taking some time. So if the Cowboys start to be really that successful, it's about it's not about the talent that they added or coaches that they added. It's more about it's more about being optimistic about where the Cowboys are. And probably one of the best examples of it is the defensive line. The Cowboys are counting on Ozo Odisuwa continuing his development. They're counting on Neville Gallimore playing even better. Carlos Watts, because it was one of the biggest needs for the Cowboys and they didn't make any significant additions beyond John Ridgeway on day three of the NFL draft. Bruce says, Mo, Mike McCarthy has to show us what he supposedly learned in the barn, then show Kellen and then apply it consistently. Because I think of what Mike McCarthy had to say about learning about analytics in decision-making during the actual football games. And at times, the Cowboys were aggressive, but it wasn't as consistent. Professor O with a friendly and helpful reminder to hit the like button, or in his own words, Rowdy will sneak into your bedroom tonight and watch you sleep in case that's an image that you needed to, to, to have, you know, implanted in your minds. Let's see. Bring back Beasley, says Joel Wilson. Joel, we will get to that in just a few moments here on the show. And talking about, somebody said that, you know, Jerry Jones was selling his pitch to the fans. There was another example of this. When he went on this rant at the beginning of the press conference on making sure, making sure that everyone knew that the players that were not Dallas Cowboys anymore, that they were not such because of the team's decision and not the other way around. And he talked about availability and he always felt like a shot at Amari Cooper at Randy Gregory and Lyle Collins, three players who have had discussions like this surrounding them for years now, maybe. 
uh, some because of injuries, Val Collins because of, you know, the suspension and other issues that he has had off the field with Randy Gregory. You guys know the story already. And Jerry Jones mentioned this and tried to be super, you know, try to impress maybe the press and fans with him saying that they were not Cowboys anymore because they didn't want them to be. But we all saw the reports. We all talked about that for, for basically weeks and even months. We talked about the fact that the Cowboys and Randy Gregory agreed to a five-year deal. It's not like that didn't happen. It did. The Cowboys and Gregory reached an agreement. And then fast forward a few, a few months and it turns out the Cowboys didn't ever want to sign Randy Gregory. I mean, and of course, we are interpreting what, what Jerry meant, but it does feel like it. So just kind of illustrating the point that somebody made earlier on how a lot of this opening press conference is just selling fans an idea and a product. Dallas Junk, thank you for your donation and your super sticker. I appreciate it. Thank you to Dallas Junk for the continued support to ADC Sports Dallas as a whole and for primetime, of course, specifically. Joey Bella mentioned that he had a question at the top. I'm trying to, to find it. Uh, Joey Bella, here we go. We have fresh legs, Mauricio. CD, Diggs, and Parsons are going to step it up, and Dak and Sick are, uh, are oh, Dak and Sick's health is 100% better. Surprise me wrong, says Joey Bell. I don't disagree with any of that. I believe that CD, Cravon Diggs, and Michael Parsons are going to have better years, and I agree with Joey pointing out that Dak and Sick are going to be healthy. Is that enough? to elevate a roster with obvious question marks in it. And, and that was, by the way, another point in this whole press conference when they said, uh, Stephen Jones said that they saw the team's question marks as opportunities for the younger players. Now, that's kind of motivational video wisdom for me. Like, you don't have weaknesses, you have opportunities. There's no such thing as failing. There's only an opportunity to learn something new. And while that is all fine and well, and maybe something that we could all apply to our mindsets, it, they were using it as an excuse for not using the cap space that they have. And this is where it all ties together for you. You believe you're in a better spot than you were last year when you went ahead and actually won 12 regular season football games, a high mark by any standard, having 12 wins and being involved late in the season in the conversation for the number one seed, because even though it was a long shot, the Cowboys were in that conversation last season for a while in December and January, and you think you are in a better spot, and yet you refuse to make any significant free agent signing, you decide that you're going to pursue Vaughn Miller, and you offer him the exact contract that you offered Randy Gregory. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, they got Julio Jones just now. And it might not be the, the biggest of deals or anything, but even with the injury risks and the injury question marks, the Bucs got themselves 
an elite wide receiver while he is healthy, even if the numbers have been damning. The Buffalo Bills needed pass rush. They got Von Miller. Among other many, many examples, uh, you've got the Chargers making big-time free agent additions, even though they're in a division that features the Kansas City Chiefs, the Russell Wilson-led Denver Broncos. If you are the Cowboys and you are being sincere, which is, you know, questionable, that you believe you're in a better spot than you were last season when you won 12 regular season games, why are you not going all in? Why are you not saying, you know what, let's get these top-tier players to push what's already an efficient defense and what's already an efficient offense to the next level? It is inexcusable. If you truly believe that about your football team, why are you not going the extra mile if you really want that Super Bowl like Jerry Jones was talking about earlier. Now, I've said this before, I will say it again. I do believe that Jerry Jones wants to win the Super Bowl and that he wants it badly. But that's one thing, and another thing is that they're doing it the right way. Professor O says, Stephen Jones said, we got better in free agency. Cooper Washington, pick one. While I say this, while I read these comments by Professor O, pick one. Cooper or Washington, Gregory or Fowler, Collins or Terrence Steele. Thought so. Some people will pick Terrence Steele, actually. Uh, I've been surprised by that ever since last season. Log 44 says, because we believe in the draft and getting talent from there, Mauricio. And hopefully Tyler Smith pans out. <laughs> And the third round wide receiver, who you know that I'd like to pick, is able to step up in week one. But yeah, uh, you know, Matthew Lennox was messaging the group chat uh, about, you know, this tweet from James Slater. Oh, sorry, this one. The Cowboys believing that their cap space is dry powder that they may not necessarily use this season, meaning that their plan is to carry over the unused cap space all the way to 2023 and use it then. Maybe. We don't know if they will actually use it then. That's not a surprise. I feel like we've been talking about this since the offseason began and when all of these moves start happening for the Cowboys. But, but Matthew Lennox was, uh, sent us this tweet and just said, hey, that's why I wanted to use that word in the overlay for tonight's show. Because it is painful, honestly. It is painful. <laughs> Even the term dry powder is cringe, <laughs> says Matt Owen over on the YouTube chat. Let's see some of your comments here <clears throat> before we move on to the next topic. Let's see some of your uh, comments here. Tommy says, I don't, oh no, that's, they're talking about yours is there. Oh, thank you to Bill. Thank you, Reveal, uh, over at Facebook for your comment on the show. I appreciate that. And by the way, if you're also enjoying the primetime show, do me a favor. Hit the like button because every like allows us to put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And as we inch closer towards the regular season, 
I cannot wait to enjoy the whole season with you guys over here on, on the show, as well as on abcsports.com slash Dallas, where you can get new Cowboys articles every single day of the week, and you can read my own articles up there. Uh, you know, we've got Colt Patterson, Shane Carter, Matthew Lennox. I, I, I always get scared about forgetting one of the Cowboys writers. But a lot of quality content, top-notch content over there on ADC Sports. Make sure you check it out. And hit the like button. More importantly. Ryan says, I think that this is a good year to develop the young guys. Simi Fioko, Isaac Alarcon, Jabril Cox, Jalen Tolbert, Matt Willetsko, and Luke Gifford. But it would be a surprise, and based on the way that NFL work has worked, forever and ever, it wouldn't be tough for that development to take place quickly enough and for you to hit on all of those players in order to really take your team to the next level in 2022. <laughs> all right. Anyways, uh, well, now I will just step in here really quickly because you know, I did take an issue with that. Locke says, Ryan, unfortunately, Alarcon is just a glorified tackling dummy, according to Mike Fisher. He will never see time in a real game. I disagree there with Mike Fisher. I respectfully disagree because I saw that video back when he posted it. I believe it was last year. And he talked about the NFL International Player Pathway Program being more of a marketing tool by the NFL to continue to grow its fan base in all of the international markets that they're trying to develop, which has been a major effort by the, by the NFL as a league over the last few years. But we have literally seen players that have, that have made rosters through the NFL International Player Pathway Program. So I get it. It is more of a marketing tool than anything else. With that, I will agree. Does that mean that everyone on that program has no shot at making a team? I think that's an overstatement when you have literally seen players make rosters through the same program. And I'm talking about over 1,000 regular season snaps in the case of Obata, for example, a defensive end that played with the Panthers and even got himself an NFC Defensive Player of the Week award. Uh, I don't remember the exact season. <laughs> I see your comments, guys. Now, Isaac does have an uphill battle. Of course he does. Rooting for him. I am definitely rooting for him. But, uh, but he can make it. I don't think he's a glorified attack when he's done, to be honest. Plus, they pick four out of an entire class of prospects to be assigned to each of, the, uh, of these teams every single year. But anyways, before we get out of here, I love that we are, you know, I had to pick the topics for tonight's show, which means that football is back after June and July, in which you literally need to sit down to brainstorm in order to, to get to five shows per week. But now I had to leave some topics out, which is a cool Cool sign that football is officially back. Could Cole Beasley come back to the Dallas Cowboys? Whoo! Would you like it or dislike it? 
because all right based on everything that we just mentioned it would be a surprise if the cowboys decide to go out there and get cold Beasley. but in case you missed it in case you missed how this whole thing became a conversation it's because there was a report out there from Mike Garofalo from NFL Network on Cole Beasley having offers. He remains a free agent, but it's because of his own choice as he waits for the right opportunity and right offer before he commits himself to a team. Troy Hughes, no, it wasn't Troy Hughes. It was, ah, sorry. It was Roy White who tweeted out, I wonder if he would even want to be a Cowboy again. You guys know this, the Cowboys and Beasley didn't end in the best of terms. Cole Beasley tweeted that tweet from, uh, quoted that tweet from, from Roy White and said, to play with that, I would. That speaks highly of Dak Prescott, first and foremost, and it really highlights how players view number four which is not really a surprise if you have been paying attention. But would you like or dislike the Cowboys bringing in Cole Beasley? I have a hard time thinking that it could happen, uh, believing that it could happen. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see Jerry Jones making this move. I mean, he did say that he didn't have a who or when for the ring of honor. So, you know, that same attribute kind of tells us that Cole Beasley is not finding his way back into Dallas. But would you like or dislike signing him for the upcoming year? Because I would go with like, honestly, I would like this move a lot for the Cowboys. Some of your comments here. Uh, we've got Jason saying, he talked a lot of smack after he left. We good. Sergio says, dislike Beasley. Go get Will Fuller. Uh, Gregory says, not happening. Tommy with the like. Bruce says, it would be hypocrisy because we know why Cook is gone. Really? Professor O <laughs> saying, who is the better rapper? Beasley or Boston? By the way, they also talked about Kelvin Joseph. And the key update is that they have not heard from the NFL about any potential uh, discipline. Earlier in the week, there were reports out there indicating that Kelvin Joseph was cleared by legal authority authorities. But now the next hurdle to clear is the NFL's disciplinary measure that they take towards Kelvin Joseph, which will likely come eventually. We don't know if sooner or later, but it will come. That's quite likely. But I would like Cole Beasley getting with the Dallas Cowboys back together. First and foremost, I like Cole Beasley. I think that he is a pretty productive slot wide receiver. And I have talked about this on primetime before. If you ask me what the biggest risk, what is the biggest risk that the Cowboys are taking on offense heading into 2022? It's not Tyler Smith, the left guard. I would say is it is uh, putting so much trust in third-round rookie Jalen Tolbert. And I like Tolbert a lot. I think that he can have a rookie season as productive as Gallup did. And he was also drafted in the third round. I think that Tolbert can play inside and outside. I think he was 
the most valuable pick Dallas could have made in the third round. But it's still a risk because it takes time to adapt to the pros. You never know how that will go for any rookie. And beyond Tolbert, Gallup, and Lamb, this is a pretty thin group at wide receiver. Sure, we like Fehoko, we like TJ Basher, but Cole Beasley would prove to be an upgrade, and I would say a significant one for the wide receiver room. Even if at some point he maybe wouldn't be playing as a full-time starter for Dallas. I think that if you brought him in, you could solve a lot of lineup questions. You could get Beasley inside and just play Tolbert and CeeDee Lamb outside. Two guys that have the skill set to do so, even though, even though you'll want to play with that versatility from each of them. But I would definitely like the idea of getting Cole Beasley. I don't think it will happen. Uh, I don't see it. I, I don't see, one, the Cowboys paying Cole Beasley. I don't think that he would be that expensive. He was released by the Bills after signing in a, a four-year deal for over $7 million per year. I think that number would be lower for Dallas, but I still think they wouldn't get it done. And lastly, you know, the pettiness side of things that you guys mentioned in the chat. Toxic Tom says, Mo, you know you're having a bad offseason when the good news is our player got clear of being involved with a murder. It's not been ideal, Toxic Tom. It's been a long, long offseason, which is one of the reasons why you got to be excited about football being, being back. And the Cowboys will start working tomorrow. And we'll be excited to see what training camp brings. A lot of questions to be answered at different positions. We have talked about it throughout the offseason. We will continue to talk about it during this official training camp season. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, live every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. You can check out new Cowboys articles on the website, adcsports.com Dallas. I hate to break it to you, 7-Eleven, but no. Actually, the reports are that the Cowboys are not expecting to make any move on linebacker Anthony Barr. So no movement there. If anything, movement the opposite side. Doesn't seem like the Cowboys are interested in Barr. I will see you tomorrow night. Excited to be back from vacation and excited to get started with this season. Thank you guys. I will see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Jimmy Johnson should be in the ring of honor.